0: This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com.
1: Steelers fall to 1-4 and four on the season. The death stretch, as many have dubbed it, is underway with a 38-3 loss against the Buffalo Bills. Try to turn the page quickly and move on to the Tampa Bay Tom Brady's as they roll into the Acrisure Stadium this Sunday at one o'clock. Uh, Buccaneers and Steelers. But before we turn the page, there's some things from this game that I still want to touch on, especially individual performances. And wrapping up the last episode, we did I teased about Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. We'll get to them in a second. Kind of going off of what we said at the end of the last episode, though, with the two drive plays for or two play drives for the Bills for a touchdown. One one play and a touchdown for the Bills. Big home run plays has plagued this Steelers defense, not just this year, not just the year prior, not just the year prior to that. It's been a decent amount of time now where it seems like that's something that is their Achilles heel, is that good stop on first down, good stop on second down, 30-yard gain on third down, 45-yard gain on first down on the ground to kick off a drive. They seem to have a propensity to give up that home run ball And this is even with T.J. Watt in the lineup. So Mm -hmm. if there's one thing you can point to and be like, well, it's T.J. Watt problem, he's not out there. Or or, or if there's one thing you can point to and say that this isn't because he's not out there, it's probably this. Because they do it when he's there, they do it when he's out. They just seem to have the tendency to give up the big home run play. Not just against the Bills, but really any level of team that they play. You saw Mixon do it a couple times for Mm -hmm. the Bengals in that game. You saw a couple of Jets players, uh, uh, Garrett Wilson, in the middle of the field, wide open on a Mm -hmm. big third down, hit you for a big play. You saw the Patriots score a touchdown on a big play like that, a home run ball to Nelson Aguilar from Mac Jones. Like This is just something that has been a problem for a while now. I don't know what to blame it on, but yesterday I think it had to do with Edmonds not being out there uh, and, of course, Witherspoon not being out there. Edmonds ain't a world beater. But he's a glue guy, man. He's
2: serviceable.
1: I, I think he makes that secondary really gel together better than a lot of people anticipated he would. When he left that Jets game early, things fell apart in the secondary, and things were not exactly great against the Bills all day Sunday without him. This guy ain't going to be an all-pro. This guy ain't going to make the Hall of Honor any day, anytime soon. But I think it's one of the key guys you can't afford to be without on the field, and I think you saw that a lot. Against Buffalo on Sunday. Now, I will say this: like I just said, they give up the home run ball even when Edmonds is out there. But we saw a lot of home run balls against Buffalo. Maybe he helps at least quell it a little bit.
2: Yeah, I mean, on that blitz package uh, on third and ten in that first drive for Buffalo with Minka blitzing, if it's Terrell Edmonds instead of Trey Norwood,
1: he might make the catch, Gabe Davis. But Edmonds might, you know, make the tackle. Right? You
2: know, right? It doesn't go for the entire ninety-eight yards. And who knows? Maybe Edmonds takes it down. But again, we're 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 doing the thing where we taking points off the board. That's not really the best way to go about accepting a loss, especially one like the Steelers suffered yesterday. But I think you're absolutely right. I think Trey Norwood is good enough, considering he's a seventh round draft pick. Terrell Edmonds, first round draft pick. It's a different story. I think the guy, I mean, was yesterday the first time he missed a start in his career.
1: Ooh, I think that's right. Maybe
2: one prior to that, but the I dude, think there's one, the like never la- the field. one, I mean. one last year. I think he missed, so only the second time in his career that he's missed a game. So again, he's not going to be an All Pro. He probably won't end up in the Steelers Hall of Honor unless he plays here for 12 years and continues to play almost every single game of his career. But he's that guy. He's that guy that can be out there every game for you and can play be out there for every play for you and I think it's a <clears throat> he's he's missed one game prior to the game. There you yesterday. go. So yeah. I don't think it's a I don't think it's with Terrell Emmons out there that I'm saying it's going to be only 14 to 3 for a loss but it's possible that Josh Allen and Gabe Davis that connection isn't as solid as it was on display yesterday.
1: And I think Minka was clearly playing banged up. Yes, uh, we I,
2: we saw that. I
1: don't think there's any doubt about that. Mm-hmm. So that obviously doesn't help. So you know, as far as that secondary goes, those are your best players, Minka and Edmonds. I, I'm not even, you know, exaggerating that. The The top two, if you put all the DBs in a room, are Minka and Edmonds. Witherspoon does some nice things. Sutton is really Sutton, good in his role. I would say, is number three. Levi had a good game against Buffalo, but those two are your number one and your number two. So with one of them being out and then your number one guy playing like a number two because of his injury— Uh, that's just going to spell disaster most of the time. And I think the biggest play that showed Minka wasn't 100% was the second Gabe Davis touchdown. I think 100% Minka Fitzpatrick takes that ball away and kicks it off. Instead... It kind of looks like Minka had it, had it, had it, had and then it, Gabe and then Davis Gabe took it was away. The one that yeah, it away. absolutely. I think that goes the opposite if Minka's feeling a hundred percent.
2: I don't even know, Tom, if it comes down to a oh, I'm just going to be stronger than you. I think if Minka's foot isn't bothering him, he is able to high point that ball, and if not intercepted, at least bat it down, so that it's not even a, a possibility that Gabe Davis can muscle it away from Minka Fitzpatrick.
1: But regardless, the home run plays need to stop. They need to stop giving the opposing team chunk yardages, especially in key down and distance situations. Yes. If they can start to cure some of those ails, I think that the things will go a lot smoother for the defense. Uh, but how much smoother? That's up for debate. It actually, it it has not been the highest paid caliber defense all year long, no. uh, and it again proved to be that point against buffalo on sunday like you mentioned they yielded the most passing yards ever in franchise history to an opposing quarterback so josh allen lit them up and lit them up good hopefully you get healthier in the secondary for tom brady coming to town some really good wide receivers in tampa bay not as prolific as an offensive attack you're going to go up against with them than you did last week and you're at home so that helps but Get healthy and avoid the home run ball because that's really what I think has been breaking the back of this team, not just this year, but for years prior is like we've been saying so long and you've said, I've said a thousand times, you get these stops on first and second down and the towels are going crazy on third and 10 and uh, the stadium can't even hear, can't even hear the guy next to you because you're, it's just so deafening. And then it's a 15 yard play. Mm. It's a 25 yard play and the air just Mm. goes right out of the balloon. You gotta try to cut that out of your game uh, and you got you got to get off the field on third downs I mean that's that's so key for them this year is get off the field on third downs they, they can't do it
2: here's the reality of it Tom I'm going to give you the longest play on both the ground and the and through the air for multiple people on the bills Quinton Morris 26 yard catch longest of the day mm. Isaiah Hodgins 26 yard catch longest of the day I don't even
1: remember who that is
2: Khalil Shakir
1: well, he, had a touchdown he yeah. All day.
2: Uh it was a 31-yard touchdown was his longest play of the day. Stefan Diggs 41-yard catch his I longest of the that. day. I remember that. He was yep.
1: skipping to my Lou on the sideline. Yes, he and, was.
2: Uh, Gabe Davis, we all know what his longest play of the day was. And then on the ground, James Cook had that 24-yard touchdown run almost untouched really at the end of the game that it was the final score that 38 that made yeah, it 38 the last to 3. Yeah, yeah. Devin Singletary, who we know isn't the the biggest rushing threat. 23 yard yard, 23 yard run. Sorry, 23 yard run. Josh Allen, 21 yard run is his longest of the day. Had five carries for 42 yards, 8.4 average for Josh Allen. So, all of these splash plays from guys like Khalil Shakir, Isaiah Hodgins, James Cook really, I mean, I understand Stefan Diggs, who's a splash player every week. Gabe Davis is a little inconsistent, but he's obviously capable of making some splash plays. But Devin Singletary and James Cook and Shakir and Hodge and Sh- Quentin Morris shouldn't be making those plays.
1: <laughs> exactly. So that's very discouraging to hear those numbers and those names associated right. with some of those numbers. Uh, but that's the-
2: exactly, Tom. That's what we said. Josh Allen can do. We said the Bills' offense is kind of, kind of similar or kind of, kind of. Uh, wow, I'm just playing on the word. Kind of simple, right? Josh Allen Josh and Steph- Diggs yeah Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. And if that's not there, maybe he throws it or maybe he just takes it himself, which we saw him do quite a number of times. Yes, he has certain guys, but they're not playmakers, but he can make them playmakers, right? He's an elevator, and that's exactly what he did with the guys like Khalil Shakir, Isaiah Hodgins, and Quentin Morris.
1: yeah, exactly. And important to remind people they were playing without their number one tight end too. Dawson yeah Knox was Dawson Knox wasn't game, out so- there. One of his, you know, top four targets in that offensive scheme wasn't even there for him, and he was able to elevate some of those guys, like you mentioned. Gabe Davis, uh, he looked like that Randy Moss stat line that they show up Mm. on TV every once in a while three catches, 190 yards, three touchdowns. Yep. Basically, Gabe Davis was like three catches, 172 yards, and two touchdowns.
2: Two tutties?
1: So, like... (laughs) He's looking like Randy Moss. The out guy here. averaged
2: 57 yards per <laughs> catch.
1: His entire average was one big explosive mm-hmm. play for the Bills. And yeah, that, that is really worrisome that your defense isn't putting a fight up. You know what I mean? It's not like a, you had to go 15 plays and you had to earn every single one of these 75 yards to get into the end zone. It's just easy pickings. One play, 70 yards. How you doing? We're at the goal line. James Cook, handoff, touchdown, 38 to 3. Like, there's no working for it. And at the in a weird way, it's like, oh great. Now the offense has to go back on the field fast because uh the defense ain't giving them enough of a break because they just get scored on in the next two plays. So now it's the offense that's not gonna be the rested unit. Obviously mm-hmm. that's not serious, but it's just funny how it works out that way. Gotta get off the field. And you got to eliminate these big hit plays. It's just going to make life way easy for the other team. It's going to make your life a living hell. So, I mean, number one that I look at in this game, uh, and I know the offense is deserving of a fair share of blame when you only score three points, but, I mean, my God, defense. Like, you, they can't score on two plays. They can't score on three plays. You're, you're never going to win a game that way.
2: No, and like I said, Tom, it's like, it all was like season
1: Texas l- Tech, Oklahoma in the Big Twelve right. when Mahomes and Baker were there, except just on the one side of the field.
2: I, I, it's exactly like I said earlier. All season long, we've been saying you gotta win, or you gotta make that time of possession battle at least a lot closer than it has been all season long with your three and outs and keeping the defense on the field. Well, guess what? This is the first time where you not only won. I believe last week they, I think the Steelers came away with the victory over the Jets, and then time is time of possession battle by like 1 minute if not 90 seconds but right. here they they did it 36 to 25 you're what you're holding the ball for nearly 10 more minutes if not if not more than that but it has no effect on the game whatsoever because the Bills don't need to hold on to the ball if they're able to score on one play drive, two play drive, three play drives. Now, yeah, it's it's not a recipe for success mm-hmm. no matter how great your
1: offense is you can't win when they're scoring uh, at that clip even mahomes would have struggled in that oh, game to try to come back on a such a a dominating force that was the bills offense
0: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, some 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two-Door Cinema Club.
1: Uh, looking at the Steelers' offense, though, the guy that we mentioned that we were going to talk about, Jalen Warren versus Najee Harris, um, if you took the numbers off the jerseys and the names off the back of the jerseys...
2: It's like the silhouette game we played last week, right?
1: Yeah, Jalen Warren's the guy you'd look at and say he's the number one back. Uh, he looks like he's explosive. Granted, it was late in the game, mop-up duty. Maybe the Bills weren't trying as hard, whatever. But he looked like he was hitting the holes with some purpose. Mm-hmm. He looked like he was running hard. Uh, what do they call him? Starks and Wolf. Uh, a F F. Always, always fa- falling, always forward, falling yeah. forward. He's always taking contact and keeping those legs driving.
2: And not only on the ground, Tom, too. But like they got him. And inv- again, it, granted, it was at the end of the game. But they got him involved in the passing game too, which is something we've been saying all season long. this yeah, Is nice to do with
1: Juke in the open right? field. Right. They had.
2: They had to do with Najee Harris, and he just. Wa- I mean, again, a lot of Jalen Warren's production came in garbage time so take that as you will but the guy finished with a uh more yards than Najee Harrison on less than half the carries five carries for 24 yards Najee 11 carries for only 20 yards a 1.8 average for a long of six yards but even at the end of the game Warren finished with four catches for 39 yards Najee three catches for 16 yards
1: I believe it was either Charlie or Stan on the post game show last night. Maybe it was a caller, but it was somebody on the post game show brought up the point, kind of like I just did. If you took the 22 and the Harris away from his jersey, like that kind of looks like Benny Snell out there. Like he just doesn't seem to have the explosion mm-hmm. that you remember seeing from Najee Harris' entire rookie year, his years at Alabama. Like that's what what his bread and butter was that this guy doesn't need the biggest hole because he'll just rip through any crack that he can find and get you three or four yards. And I think I agree with Charlie Batch on this. It's an injury thing. Mm. I think that this guy's just not a hundred percent healthy right now. And that's causing him to either play poorly because it's hard to play injured or he doesn't have the trust of his body to make those, you know, explosive cuts or to push off of his foot because of the injury that he suffered during training camp. And, has kind of plagued him all year long. But the thing that Charlie said that I also agree with him on is the bye week's not for another three weeks from now. So like
0: this, gonna is, have this is as healthy with as it. you're yeah. going to get if right. you're
1: going to continue to play through the injury. Mm-hmm. Unless you shut yourself down for a couple weeks, like this is what you're going to be for the remainder of the next three weeks until we hit that bye week and you get the 14 days off to try to recover. I think it's an injury problem. I'm not ready to completely be like, oh, Najee, one-hit wonder, great rookie year, I'm just not going to cut it in the league. Everybody figured him out. I ain't going to go there yet. I will say, though, that it's concerning to see his lack of explosion in a year that was built up to be, this is your offense. If we win football games, it's on the back of number 22, like the Titans win on the back of Derrick Henry or the Colts win on the back of Jonathan Taylor. You're going to be that guy for us. And again, I don't think it's Najee himself that can't take on that role, but I think the injury is really hindering him from snatching that baton and running with mm-hmm. it, no pun intended.
2: No, I think you're, I think you're spot on. I think that uh, Najee Harris, I mean, you want to talk about reasons to kind of be a little unsure of the future. I know, I know we said that, okay, Final score thirty to three against arguably the best team in the NFL. You shouldn't feel too down on yourselves because you know you're not that good of a team compared to the Bills, and you're not really looking to stack wins. You're not really looking at this year to be your go and get it year. Like the Bills are when they went when they went out and signed Von Miller and plugged up their holes. Like how we how we describe them to be that team that really say we have to beat. Kansas City, or we have to beat whatever team comes out of the NFC. The Steelers aren't in that same mentality as the Bills are. Maybe the Steelers are always looking at themselves as, as yes, we're going to be competitive, but right now they're not looking at themselves, I don't think, at least, that they're looking at themselves and saying, oh, well, we're a team that should be able to contend for the Super Bowl, and I think a big cause of concern or a big reason why that's true is Najee Harris right now. And I think that even though you're not really playing for the Super Bowl right now, you're looking to just gel and grow and develop a lot of players. Najee Harris is a player who you thought was already fully developed in his rookie year and has taken a significant step back in his second year in the league.
1: Significant step back, yes. Again, I think injury-related step back, but it's a step back nonetheless. And I wonder if it's more Warren is what the doctor ordered moving Mm -hmm. forward. Maybe, you know... And again, I don't want this to be a benching of Najee no. more than it is a this guy shows a lot of stuff. This guy shows a lot of juice. That's the reason why he made the team, man. Like from the mm-hmm. beginning, everybody was like, who is this kid? This undrafted guy out of Oklahoma State? Like he's got a lot of juice in the tank. He he really hits the hole hard and he he punishes guys when he gets hit. You're seeing that more as the regular season moves on. Biggest learning curve, I think, for young running backs in the league is picking up pass blockers in uh, pass pro. He does it like a champ, man. He really Mm. is good at that. He checks every box, including that passing game box that he checked in the game against the Bills, like you just mentioned. I'm not putting him at RB1 by any stretch of the imagination, but Najee struggles on the first series against Tampa Bay. Maybe the second series goes to Warren.
2: Yeah, I I wouldn't hate that. I think when... You look at the season, right, and you say, whoa, the Steelers are putting in Jalen Warren in at with that early in the game in week six? Well, you have to understand why they're doing it. Jalen Warren has really stepped up, and Najee Harris, again, it may not be his, his fault. It could be the injury, but you have to do what's best for you and what your and what your goals are. If your goal is to legitimately contend for a playoff spot – and right now, in week six, as early as that may seem, Jalen Warren is the better back, then you're doing yourself a disservice by keeping him out of the game and trying to go with Najee until Najee fails and you're left in the fourth quarter and saying, oh, well, now let's put Jalen Warren in. I think if that's what you believe to be your best option at running back, if you're legitimately trying to win every single week and be a team that can play in the playoffs – then yeah, I don't think it's out of this world to say, sure, you spend a first round draft pick on Najee Harris and Jalen Warren went undrafted, but sometimes that's just how things go. I mean, you're you're gonna you're gonna look at yourself if if Najee Harris doesn't work out, and I'm not saying that's what's gonna happen, but if that does happen, you're gonna look at yourself and say, Man, it kind of sucks we wasting that first round draft pick on Najee, but at least you still have a guy like Jalen Warren who's very good for you at running back.
1: Glass half full perspective here. Okay. Say I am right about Najee, and it's an injury thing, and 2023 and he, and he comes back, 2023 he he comes back. back Sure, and he's a freak of nature again. And I am right, because who are you talking to? <laughs> so 2023, he's back. Warren has a great rookie season as an undrafted rookie. He gets more and more put on his plate as Najee struggles through the injury as the season moves on, but also Warren continues to check boxes as he moves along. Mm-hmm. Now you've kind of got that one-two that everybody needs to have, right? Like, yes. Now you've got that one-two punch where... It's not just Najee Harris and then some guy needs to come in to spell him once or twice a game. It's it's a legitimate I don't want to say Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt talent-wise, but as far as the dynamic is concerned, you can start going, you know, 60-40, 50-50 on your snap distribution. As long as Warren continues to look good and as long as, you know, Najee returns to the former self, then all of a sudden you've got a really good tandem at the running back spot. Mm-hmm. So there's still optimism to be had despite a disappointing sophomore season from Najee. You just gotta you gotta look big picture, and that's really everything with the Steelers team now. If you look big picture, you can see the optimism.
2: No, I 100% agree. It's just unfortunate because you did try to... Not try. You did spend a first-round draft pick on Najee Harris. And even if you come out with the same net with a guy like Jalen Warren who can start for you and Najee Harris who can either be the number one guy or the number two to Jalen Warren, you're going to feel happy. You're just going to say it's kind of weird how he we got here. But, I'm I, again, I think that if your goal as a franchise is to be competitive every year, including this year, then there should be no reason that you hold Jalen Warren out if he's looking the part right now. Yeah,
1: I don't think so either. I think that guy needs to get more spin. He's deserved it so far, so I'm interested to see him out there on some more of the weighty downs. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, they're playing Tampa Bay this week, which is
2: just a, such a huge, a, a huge defense, tune-up like, opportunity, right, for this whole team.
1: Uh, such a great run defense that they have to go against. Uh, they need to get the ground game going, and it just might not be the best opponent to do that against this week. Before we get to the Monday money makers and make Teddy KGB happy, George Pickens, dude. I mean, he's not there yet. But it's closer and
2: closer to being the number one wide receiver. I don't know about that, Tom. If he's not there yet, because he's continuing to make catches. He's continuing to is he the only guy to run you can rough. trust
1: to throw the ball right now to
2: catch it? Yes. How about that that catch he had late in the game down the near sideline, high points the ball, and this time right because we we've seen him in the past kind of try to go for a catch with only one, one hand, hand yeah, <laughs> two hands this one and holds on to it. And he's not using his body at all to, like, corral the ball. It's just his hands. His hands are that strong that he's able to keep possession of it. And he comes – it's it's a third down ball. And, and he,
1: you're talking about the one where he, like, he holds it up to the sky.
2: Yes, like, to show, like, hey, it's mine. I got it.
1: Like, no DB is ripping this away Mm-mm. from me. Yeah, it was a phenomenal catch. Almost made the great catch, too. Uh, something I do want to clear the air on, though, on sure, that last go ahead. play. You know the, the one I'm talking about where he got his foot in and then the hand down? Yes. And everybody was like, why don't you challenge that? Why don't you challenge that? Well, I got to give a shout out to Mr. Chris Carter on Twitter, Carter Critiques. He was the one that was, or there might have been more people, so forgive me, but he was the one that I saw on top of this uh, before anybody else. That's not a catch. The rule book clearly states that- No, when you come down with a hand down- The hand is the only body part that does not count, according mm-hmm. to the NFL rules. You need to get a foot and or another foot or another part of your body that isn't the hand. It Mm -hmm. clearly says that in the rule book, he screen grabbed that part of the rule book, had been sending it out to people, calling him an idiot for saying it clearly was a catch. Not so fast. You're the idiot here. Read the rule book. So good on Chris Carter for recognizing that and realizing that, hey, maybe it wasn't such a dumb decision for Tomlin not to challenge that because it clearly wasn't a catch. Uh, Anyway, I just wanted to get that off my chest. Sure. Pickens had an unbelievable game again. That throw and catch that you're mentioning on third down, I mean, that's the second game in a row we've seen Kenny go to George down the field on Mm -hmm. a third down where you need to pick up a first. And it's not just at the sticks. It's a good 15 yards beyond the sticks. He's taking a chance. I like that out of my quarterback. I like him trusting Pickens. Something I heard Romo say on the broadcast that really stuck with me, and I I could tell that him as an ex-quarterback was kind of drooling over this kid, after that play you're referencing happened, he's like, He's always open. He's like, no. So he's like, Jim. No, I'm serious. Like this guy, he's never covered. He'll mm-hmm. catch anything you throw to him. That guy. It doesn't matter who's on him. He's not covered. Like, and I'm hearing this ex, borderline Hall of Fame caliber quarterback talk about a player like this, and I'm just like, oh yeah, we got a dude. If this dude was in Dallas 10 years ago, Tony Romo would be throwing it to him all day long. Mm-hmm. This guy is legit.
2: No, I. Like, you asked me earlier in the in the show in this episode, Tom. Is George Pickens the only guy? I'd say him and Pat Frymuth right now, the only ones that I can say if I'm throwing the ball to, there's a solid ninety to ninety-five percent chance they're coming down with it, and they're the only ones that I see that um, that I see that it's it's that likely that they'll come down with the catch because Najee Harris just isn't involved enough, right? Yep. And uh, Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. Again, we don't wanna, you don't want to you don't want to slam your guys who you thought were going to be number one and number two uh, in your receiving core, but that's just how it is. Just how it is, man. All right, Teddy KGB is getting mad
1: at me. We're making him wait. We I mean, to- I
2: mean, Tom. Like we just talked about, this guy is. Is there going to be anybody else?
1: Yes, I have a different money maker. Okay, I'll go first then. You go first. I'm going with Kenny. Give Kenny Pickett his money, Teddy. Mm-hmm. Pay that man his money. Thank you, sir. 300 and what was it 327 yards 3 career the air high 52 Finkett. I think he was well, 34 obviously it was a career high.
2: 34 oh, I I meant franchise
1: high sorry Yeah franchise high for a rookie quarterback starting in his first game 327 yards forget rookie too it's just a quarterback starting in his first game mm-hmm. He threw 52 passes and completed 34 of them Pretty efficient to be honest with you I don't think a rookie should be throwing 52 passes then again, you're down by, what was a it, lot. 31 points yeah. by half-time. Going into halftime. So you probably yeah. needed to start airing things out a little bit more. But I think the rookie showed a, a decent level of appreciation for the moment. And the moment never got too big for him. He has his name in the Steelers record book already. I mean, you're one for one as far as that's concerned. So I- I'll give it to Kenny. And... Again, I don't want to make it seem like I'm giving him this and he had an A-plus game. Another C-plus, B-minus kind of game. But he looked comfortable, and that's all that matters.
2: Okay, that's totally fair. I agree. I think he looked comfortable. I mean, the play that stood out to you about Kenny's toughness had to have been the roughing the passer call that wasn't called, and it was only, was it Chooks who got called? Daniels. Right, right, James Daniels in retaliation, in defending of his quarterback, on what should have been a roughing the passer call, a late hit, whatever you want to call it. And Kenny got right back up. I mean, you talk back-to-back weeks. The Quinnen Williams hit that he suffered against the Jets, but still got the ball out and on time to Pat Farnley to get it to the two-yard line before, uh, what, a play or two plays later that Kenny himself took it into the end zone. Then the very next week... It should have been a roughing the passer call. I don't know why it wasn't. Because he's a rookie and he's a,
1: a mobile rookie, and he's not going to get refs, that respect. Refs don't care about and, mobile rookies until they show that they belong.
2: And how about five hours later, Tom Brady comes down with a less, a way less dangerous hit and a way less aggressive oh my God. hit. Jarrett set him on the ground like a delicate flower. Exactly. He could have really hurt him. But Tom if he Brady, to. Tom Brady got the call. Kenny Pickett did not, and it should have been the other way around. And Kenny got right back up, like it was nothing, like it was absolutely nothing, and and he just he didn't even look to. I don't even remember the defender's name. It was James Daniels who really got involved. Mar Hamlin. It was Pitt teammate. Right, DeMar right, Hamlin, right. Yeah. So huge, huge points in Kenny's favor. Again, you'd rather the win that wasn't coming, but for Kenny to show that kind of toughness and not go down and not stay down and and actually not just. Not just stay down, but actually to seem like, okay, I could take a hit and get back up. You know, I'm I'm tough. Just because I'm getting hit harder in the in the NFL than I am in college, doesn't mean my body can't take it. So I love that about him. Uh, but just for mine, I think it's pretty obvious where I'm going. If I can't give it to Kennedy Pickett, I'm gonna give it to the guy that he's throwing the ball to all day long. George Pickens deserves that money.
1: Pay that man his money.
2: I'm telling you, Tom, I think you had said has he arrived. It's questionable through now the last two weeks uh, having two of his best games of his very short career so far, but I think he's here. I think with the inconsistent play of Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool, George Pickens sh- is, is playing like a a, a a number one wide receiver already. Yeah, Pickett to Pickens
1: really looks promising mm-hmm. for the Steelers' future. Subscribe right now to the Steelers Standard. Everybody out there, right now, I'm giving you two seconds, right? one. All right, go subscribe right now. Every episode we do is available for you to download. You subscribe through the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you find your podcasts. But don't choose one. Subscribe from all of those platforms. We really appreciate your support. Great week five of NFL action. We're going to recap it all next uh, as we do our Monday recap of Around the League. That's coming up. He's Jacob Brecht. I'm Tom Offerman, and this is the Steelers Standard.